The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. It's Monday, the 21st of August in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, as China once again pulls its economic punches, we have a special report on why Xi Jinping has backed away from major stimulus to tackle the economic slowdown. Denmark pledges to send F-16 fighter jets to support Ukraine's ongoing war with Russia. And the wrong time for a right move. UK home sellers slash asking prices. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Chinese banks have made a smaller than expected cut to their benchmark lending rate as the country's economy continues to flag. The move is the latest sign of Beijing's determination to steer clear of big stimulus, even as deflationary risks grow. Christy Tan, investment strategist at Franklin Templeton, says she believes the government will be forced to ramp up economic support. There are now increasing calls that China may not actually be able to meet its 5% full-year target. I think there will be more policy coordination that will be needed for that confidence to be restored or at least reduce the pessimism in the investors' confidence. As Christy Tan mentioned there, a number of banks have downgraded their forecasts for the country. JP Morgan, Barclays and Morgan Stanley all now believe that China won't hit its 5% annual growth target. The Netherlands and Denmark have agreed to send F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. It's the first time NATO members have offered the US-made planes to Kyiv, with Copenhagen committing to sending 19 of the fourth-generation fighters. Speaking at a Dutch airbase in Eindhoven, President Vladimir Zelensky says the jets will be deployed once Ukrainian pilots complete their training. We understand the number of jets we can use in the future nearest or not it depends on the situation and on the experience of our pilots and preparing special infrastructure also for jets that's ukraine's president vladimir zelensky both denmark and the netherlands agreed the move after receiving the required approval from u.s secretary of state antony blinken Strike action at natural gas facilities in Australia could begin as early as the 2nd of September if new talks on pay and conditions fail to resolve the disputes. As well as negotiations with Woodside Energy Group, ballots are also taking place on potential walkouts by workers at Chevron facilities. Any outages could threaten around 10% of the global supply of LNG. 
UK property sellers have cut asking prices at the fastest pace so far this year. Bloomberg's John Stepek says soaring interest rates are weighing on the market. I struggle to see how prices won't fall further because that massive issue, which is the interest rates have gone up so much, there's a stalemate going on. Um, but the longer that continues, the longer that, you know, the more I think that would have to resolve in favour of the buyers rather than the sellers. Because, you know, if you want to move, then at some point you're going to have to accept that, well, people just don't have the buying power anymore. That's Bloomberg's John Stepek. The data from the Rightmove website says the 1.9% drop in asking prices is worth around £7,000 off the average property asking price. Rightmove's measure is now 15% below pre-pandemic levels in 2019. That reflects a drop both in buyer interest and the 10% fall in the number of properties on the market. A data breach at Tesla has affected more than 75,000 people as the leak's been blamed on insider wrongdoing. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The data breach included employee-related records appearing to be current or former employees of Tesla. Foreign media outlet named Handelsblatt informed Tesla in May that it had obtained the confidential information. It says the two former Tesla employees misappropriated the information in violation of Tesla's IT security and data protection policies and then shared it with the media outlet. Tesla has reportedly cooperated with law enforcement and external forensics experts and says will continue to do so. I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Donald Trump is skipping debates with other Republican 2024 election candidates. The former president says his polling justifies not appearing on stage with rivals. Many of those challengers are critical of Trump's record, including his former vice president, Mike Pence. I would have preferred that these matters be left to the judgment of uh, the American people. I mean, no one's above the law, but uh, but with regard to the president's future, I, my hope is when we get to that uh, debate stage, and I'm, I'm still kind of hoping maybe he'll come, uh, is that we can, we can really have a debate about the challenges facing the American people. Instead of facing off against Mike Pence, Trump is expected to be interviewed by Tucker Carlson. Those are your top stories this morning. On the markets, the MSCI Pacific Index is two-tenths of 1% lower. Eurostox 50 futures are a tenth of 1% higher. And the 10-year Treasury yield is three basis points higher at 4.29%. Well, those are the top stories and a check on the markets for you. Looking at some of those stories uh, around on Bloomberg this morning, there's a really fascinating story that could change the face of cargo and how one of the world's largest, in fact, the world's largest agricultural trader, Cargill, has been trying out a prototype ship that allows it to reduce its fuel consumption by using giant sails. Now, these are sails made of steel and composite glass, but they're called wind wings. And the uh, Pixis Ocean vessel, which is an 80,000 ton bulk carrier uh, from Cargill, is using this technology. Uh, it's a trial, Cargill says. If it works well, it could add it to as much as, or as many as 10 more of its vessels, but it could reduce the vessel's fuel use by roughly a fifth. So it's just completed its first journey um, from Singapore uh, using that uh, technology, which allows it to save uh, fuel, but could be something very interesting to watch in terms of the carbon impact 
of sea freight. Um, so that story around Cargill this morning, one of the ones that caught my eye on the Bloomberg terminal. Let's turn, though, to get more details on the latest news out of China, where banks have made this smaller-than-expected cut to their benchmark lending rates. This after the string of disappointing economic data that we've seen in recent weeks, showing the Chinese economy slowing down, but also further strains in the property and financial sectors there. In the past, such bad news has resulted in big stimulus from Beijing. But is that approach changing? Our senior economy reporter Tom Hancock joins us now for more from Hong Kong. Tom, great to have you with us. Given the signs of a slowing economy that we've seen in China, why haven't we seen more stimulus? Well, I think there are two major reasons. So the first is that if you're looking at the economy from Beijing and you're seeing the fact that, first of all, services consumption is really rebounding very fast from last year. You know, I was in Shanghai not long ago and malls are packed and so on. And that's such a huge contrast from last year when lockdowns were common across China. And so that naturally boosts growth and gets you closer to the 5% target that Beijing has. And then secondly, uh, it also sees that there's very rapid growth in all kinds of new economy sectors like EVs and solar panels and microchip investment. So there's a lot of boom going on in some Chinese industrial sectors. So that really helps you get quite close to that 5%. And then the last thing is that uh, Beijing has has said for years, and uh, it's clearly serious about it, it wants to move away from reliance on the property sector as a driver of growth. And so that's why Beijing is is happy or accepting to see declines in property sales and construction. It wants to put a floor under them and make sure they're not too rapid. But um, it's about uh, this changing growth model, really. All that being said, could something still change if the trajectory that we've seen continues? Is there a level at which we could actually see Beijing do more? Yes, of course, because I, I spoke about these different parts of the economy as if they're separate from each other. But of course, there's interconnection. So if you've got a weak property sector, that can hit household wealth and therefore confidence, and that can reduce in time uh, services spending. And so you've got that motor being undermined. And if if the property downturn starts to take too much wind out of the rest of the economy, and it looks like that 5% growth target is really going to be missed by a large margin, I think we'll see more action from Beijing to use its own balance sheet, to use the central government's uh, balance sheet and the, and the central bank's balance sheet to inject money into the economy. But we're probably not at that point yet. What does this mean for China's economy if we're pivoting away from the traditional I suppose, push and pull that we've become used to over recent years of bad data meaning more stimulus? Well, I think the the base case is that China's growth is going to be uh, slower over the next decade than it was over the previous decade. If you think about pre-pandemic, average growth of about 7% over that decade. And coming to the next decade, it's going to be growth of about 4% is probably a more reasonable base case if you don't have a rapidly expanding property sector. That's still going to be faster than any major advanced economy. Um, So that's really a lot um, um, of global growth. And it's it's going to be... um, you know, something that is possibly more sustainable. Um, But we can't rule out as well uh, that this transition um, has a tail risk 
of going wrong, and then you do end up with some kind of stagnation. I think it's a, that's a tail risk. It's worth thinking about, but it's probably not the base case. The base case is slower and probably more sustainable growth. What does this mean for the rest of the world then as, as China transitions to this, as you say, slower and more sustainable growth model? For the rest of the world, I mean, the key thing is about commodity demand. So, you know, China has been the marginal consumer of commodities like iron ore from around the world. And, you know, that growth is really just not going to be there. It's going to to be growing very slowly or maybe even declining. Um, But as I said, there's also this strength in kind of the new industrial sectors, making EVs and solar panels and stuff. So a different set of commodities is going to be still demanded. And also as Chinese household consumers get richer, they're going to want more kinds of varied foodstuffs and whatever. So they're going to be demanding consumer goods uh, from the rest of the world too. Obviously, a big caveat is that China is the the world's biggest producer of consumer goods. So um, a lot of that can be can be got domestically, but not all of it. And that's why, um, you know, luxury companies still do very well uh, in China. And, uh, you know, hotel brands, uh, foreign hotel brands are expanding in China, restaurant chains, all, all this kind of thing. Tom Hancock, our senior economy reporter in Hong Kong. Thanks so much for joining us with the details of that story. It's today's Bloomberg Big Take. You can find it uh, online and on the terminal um, by NI Big Take is the function on the terminal. This article titled Run It Cold While Xi Jinping is Letting China's Economy Flail. Thanks to Tom Hancock for the details of that. Up next, Citigroup considers major overhaul and pride and pain for the lionesses. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. 
The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans joins us with the details of those stories. England's defeat at the hands of Spain, Leanne, in the Women's World Cup final, dominating a lot of Monday's front pages. Yeah, absolutely, Stephen. And if you have a look over the front pages today, there's a lot of photographs of the Lionesses as that World Cup final did draw to an end over in Australia. Even the Financial Times features an image from the World Cup final highlighting an arresting picture of England players embracing and they basically standing next to their Spanish opponents doing the same thing, but obviously very joyful after winning. The Guardian chooses a striking aerial shot of the England players and supporter staff arm in arm in a post-match huddle with the headline Pride and Pain that's superimposed in the centre. And the Sun has actually chosen a picture of battered but unbowed defender Alex Greenwood. Now, yes, Yesterday, she had an elbow accidentally in her eye while she was playing. And basically, she got all wrapped up, all bandaged up, carried on. And you just see her being comforted by her teammate midfielder, Kira Walsh. So lots of pictures of the Lionesses covering the front pages today. Commiserations, but we're all still proud as basically how we can sum it up in a nutshell. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and great to get that view of what the papers are saying about this this morning. Let's go to the Financial Times next, Leanne. City considers overhaul that would hand more power to Chief Jane Fraser. Yes, exactly. And this is an exclusive from the newspaper. And the Citigroup CEO, Jane Fraser, is reported to be considering a plan to disband the bank's biggest division into three primary business segments. So according to the FT, the plan would affect the institution clients group which be which would actually be split into investment and corporate banking global markets and transaction services now the institutional clients group Stephen generated nearly three quarters of the bank's net profits last year so doing really well for the bank so why are they considering doing this now the internal discussions came after the bank announced that Paco Yabara who runs the IC unit would leave by the middle of next year after 36 years with the bank. So a really long-standing successful career. No replacement has actually been named and people familiar with the deliberations and discussions say the bank is not actually actively looking for someone at the moment. Mm. Now if this is adopted it would mark the biggest overhaul in nearly 15 years. Another thing, if the unit's are separated, which is what's been touted, the people who are running those units will stay in place, so the current heads, but they will report directly to Jane Fraser, so that will give her more control day-to-day of the banking unit. So there we are, a big move for what City is possibly considering to do. Okay, yeah, very interesting, um, that story in the Financial Times. And then in the Times, Leanne, the headline there, pension surpluses to be targeted. Yeah, this is an interesting one because nothing's happening yet. This is all a speculative piece that's in the Times. This is all up for consideration at the moment. But like I said, nothing coming to light yet. But listed companies could be allowed to take out as much as £50 billion from their traditional staff pension schemes. And this will only happen if the government goes ahead with that radical pension reform, which was outlined by Jeremy Hunt's Mansion House speech, which happened in July, which we did cover. Now, the Chancellor is considering a whole string of proposals, but nothing as of yet until everything's finalised. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, let's face it, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. There's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success 
meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.